right. One more episode of the Talkin Audio Podcast to close out the week. And then we call it a weekend. My name is Matt Robinson. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside the podcast. Glad you chose to check this one out. Going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to talk to our buddy Mike Comito. Mike, uh, a lot of you already follow on Twitter. Uh, and he has those on this day in hockey history tweets that come out uh, throughout the day every day. And that's always kind of a fun follow. But he's put out a couple of books already. Hockey 365, Hockey 365, the second period. And now, Leafs 365. So you know I have an interest in uh, in this one. We'll get to Mike in just a second. want to remind you, though, that uh, it's been a good week around here. Had uh, Chris Hoffley in here on Tuesday. That was a lot of fun. Ian McMartin from uh, the Whippersnapper Brewing Company was in here. We traded a couple of beers there as I lost a, uh, a bet to him. Many of you couldn't help yourself. Had to remind me that uh, I misspoke um, on yesterday's show, just before we got to talking to Dean Brown over in Sweden. Uh, many of you, yeah, you couldn't help yourselves. Had to let me know that I misspoke. And I said that the reason this bet had taken place was because the Leafs beat the Sens. I know... That is not what happened. I it, it, Look, you're in here every day. You're talking into a mic. You're going to make some mistakes. I made a mistake. I made a mistake by saying that the Leafs beat the Sens. I made a mistake in wagering that the Leafs would beat the Sens. These things happen. Thank you, though, to all of you who took the time to let me know. That's not what happened. Okay, I know. I understand. Simple slip of the tongue. I apologize. Uh, but that was uh, Thursday's show. Dean Brown uh, over in Sweden. Uh, talk to him a little bit about whether Stockholm was embracing the NHL and these games. Uh, as we sit here now, we know that Ottawa has won their first game in Sweden. Uh, looked looked a little dicey. Well, first looked like they were going to run away with it. Then it got pretty dicey, and then uh, they managed to pull it out of the fire there. Four uh, nothing after one, four four after two, and then of course uh, Stutzla with the uh, the walk off home run. Uh, in overtime to win it for the Senators. And the crowd seemed pretty amped. I would say that crowd seemed a little more pro-Detroit. Uh, we'll see how this shakes loose. I know Minnesota's brought over quite a crowd, but I don't think they have a particularly strong uh, Swedish you know, contingent on their team, so I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Toronto has a lot of Swedes. They'll get after it on, uh, on Friday afternoon, uh, playing Detroit on the second half of a back-to-back. So anyway, we talked to Dean just about how things were going over there, uh, the arena set up, uh, the way Stockholm was embracing all these NHL stars and, and the way this was all going to play out. So that was fun. That was yesterday. And like I said, it's been a pretty good week around here. And we got another good week coming up for you as next Monday, Vanessa Sanchez and Michaela Schreider will be here. Uh, they will sit in for Rob, who is away. So that'll be uh, your Monday news show. And, and we'll talk to them about whatever's gone on over the course of the weekend. So that'll be a lot of fun. Of course, Lever Sage will return next Thursday. That'll be great as well. Uh, and we'll keep uh, the good stuff coming for you. But like I said, today we're talking to Mike Comito, author of Hockey 365. Let's bring him in now. How are you doing today, Mike? Doing well, Matt. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate you making a little bit of time. How are things up in uh, in the near north? You know, not bad. I went to uh, I went to Toronto this week for work, and when I left, there was snow, and when I came back, it was gone. So, uh, okay. you know, I, I know that it's not going to last too long. I'm sure by the weekend there'll be more snow, but uh, for now... It's a sunny day. The weather is above zero. So honestly, as a northerner, I can't complain about that. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned off the top, I know you got a new book out. I want to ask you about it. But before we get into the specifics, I'm curious, um, 
like the the first couple books here have been kind of league wide or hockey worldwide, mm-hmm. and now you've chosen to narrow in on one team. And obviously, if you're going to do that, I certainly understand why you would narrow in on God's team in the NHL to go first. But <laughs> uh, what makes you make that decision to take a slightly different path here and just focus in on one team? Yes, yeah, so, I mean it's a good question. There's a little bit of a story there, um, and it was honestly. We were kind of thinking about, you know, do we do the third period for the book and really kind of complete regulation? Um, at the time, you know, I, I don't know if I was really ready to do that. I don't think the publisher was ready to do that either. I think it's obviously it has to happen at some point because I can't just leave, you know, two <laughs> periods hanging there and, and not do anything in the third. Um, and so the idea that I pitched back to them was like, maybe we don't do the third period right now, but maybe we do a shorter book uh, that rather than focusing on you know, NHL teams from, you know, the beginning of the league until recently and even international teams in women's hockey, like let's focus on one team in, in particular. And so, you know, I, I, the pitch to them that I think try to make it more palatable for me as a project I'd want to take on and really like, you know, take on with a passion was if we focused on the Leafs. And so that was the idea was like, let's take a, a shorter window into some of these stories. So they're half the size of the previous uh, offerings in the last two books, but they're all about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And so for me, um, you know, that's they've been my favorite team since let's go with birth just because I don't know when fandom began. Sure. Um, so like that was my natural entry point. If I was ever going to go and do one team only, I would have to start with the Leafs. Um, so it made, made a lot of sense for me. And I think the publisher was on board, uh, they're a Toronto based publisher, Dundard press. So I think obviously for them as well, um, it was kind of a no brainer. Now, does this not make you a little bit worried? Cause you just said that you couldn't leave the original series unfinished at, you know, at, at the second period, at some point you're going to have to finish. Now you've started one of 32 teams. Is that not something that you risk having to finish too? Yeah. Well, I mean, especially because I'm doing Habs 365 right now. Um, <laughs> so that'll be out next year at this time. Um, yeah, so it's definitely opening me up to like, how far are we going to take the series? Am I going to have to like quit my job Cracking and write books for the, is gonna be kind of tough? Yeah, here, like <laughs> I can have to write a basically write a book every year for the next 30 years, uh, to cover all the teams. And that's assuming that they don't add, you know, any teams between now and then, which they probably will. So, um, yeah, I think, I think dipping our toes into probably the two biggest hockey markets in Canada is probably a good litmus test for this. And then I think from there. Um, you know, they are a lot of fun to write, even if, you know, if I'm not a a fan of all of the other teams, as much as I am of the Leafs, it's always still fun to kind of go back and look through different teams, you know, rich hockey histories and kind of highlight some of the players that obviously loom large for a lot of fans. Um, but I think if these two do well, um, you know, I could see a Bruins 365 and I mean, even, you know, expanding into like, you know, we've got a lot of fans of teams up here in Canada, even though we've got uh, some of the other franchises are not as old. Um, you know, I still think you can make a go of it with those as well. So we'll see. I can tell you one book at a time. Yeah. (laughs) I can tell you trying to host a show in this market right now, sends 365 won't be a problem. There's news every goddamn day. It seems like so. Uh, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it's one of the, one of the younger teams, but still no shortage of, uh, of news stories that you can pull, uh, you know, to highlight something every day of the year for that club. (laughs) For sure. That's for sure. That's true. Um, so, you know, when you sit down to do this and you're going to take this different approach, what's the, you know, what what uh, guardrails maybe do you set for yourself? Like if you've covered something in Hockey 365, is it still eligible to be there in Leafs 365? Do you try and do something new? Like what was the approach you took at this one? Yeah, that's a, that is a good question because um, I think when I was doing the first two books, like I didn't include stories in the second volume that were featured in the first. But because, you know, 
as I was, I was drawing from two volumes that for me not to include those stories, like I would have missed out on some really significant moments in Leafs history. Um, so I opted, I opted just to kind of like, as much as it's still part of the hockey three, six, five series, I basically had like a blank canvas for the Leafs book, just because like I had covered, you know, Sittler's 10 point game. I had covered, you know, pretty much most of, if not all of the Stanley cup victories in the first two periods. So like, if I didn't include those, then we'd have no championships to talk about <laughs> in Leafs three, six, five, which that is, is a joke feels, that writes but, itself. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that was really, I kind of like left that wide open. The only things that I, I knew that I'd have some constraints working with. And again, this is a joke that everybody likes to tell me anyway, but that like, what did you do for June? Because as we, <laughs> you and I both know very well, like yeah. they've never played in June. Like they've gotten pretty close, like 93, they got close. And then the year that they lost to, um, don't say, you it, know, yeah. to, to the Habs, which was obviously a, a, a further push, like because of the yeah, timing of the playoffs, yeah. it was, it was, it was closer to June, but I mean, for us, we typically associate June with like championship hockey. And so that hasn't happened uh, yet for the club. So what I kind of knew going into that was like in June, you know, you're going to miss out on a lot of games being played, but there was a lot of drafts that obviously happened, you know, historically in June. So I used a lot of those. There's still transactions that happen in June. Um, and then obviously in the summertime, like you're still going to get a lot of trades and signings throughout the summer. Uh, bubble hockey kind of helped a little bit with giving us, you know, five game or I guess four or five games to cover in right, terms yeah. of, um, you know, you know, that, that play in round against the blue jackets. But I think what I really knew that I had to change was that in the previous two books, I kind of shied away from birthdays on purpose because I just felt like it was kind of a little too easy just to say like every day somebody's born. So like, sure. it doesn't really, you know, everybody can do that. It's, it's pretty easy to figure out who was born on this day using hockey reference, for example. But I, I, I knew that I couldn't do that for this one just because there would definitely be days when nothing happened. I mean, like there's obviously always a signing that happens in the summer, but there's days when the Leafs don't sign somebody on August 9th, for example, or maybe nothing really happened on August 21st. And so what I thought was that I could still use the birthdays, but maybe using them as an entry point to talk about a player that otherwise wouldn't have maybe be have been featured in a story. And so I thought that that was kind of a, a, a way to justify using the birthdays because maybe I couldn't talk about Dominic Moore in one of the other stories, but he was born. Um, you know, I can't even remember his, his birthday off the top of my head, but he is in the book and his birthday's in the book and kind of use that as a way to talk about, uh, you know, Moore's career and, and what he did. Yeah. I guess, you know, August 4th Leafs, uh, tender qualifying offer to Lee Stempniak isn't really going to hold a whole lot of interest for a story or something like that. You're going to have to, going to have to create some shortcuts here and there. Uh, I'm curious, yeah. as as you were sitting down to do this one, and I've asked you this when you've done the other books as well, but you know, you're a big Leafs guy, you know their history, you've already done the the Hockey 365 and Hockey 365, the second period, and you know, you would have covered a lot of the big stories. Was there anything, you know, as you're doing your research here that stands out to you, like, uh, somehow when writing those first two books, I never uncovered this, or I, you know, a, a new story that kind of caught you off guard? Yeah, there there was one, uh, and admittedly, I'll use like a warning that it's not like a it's not a pick me up story by any means, but uh, it's it's a story that I think is well known because there was a book about Brian Spencer. But um, at the time, like going into this book, like I hadn't read the book about Brian Spencer, but um, the story that I uncovered, like while I was doing my preliminary research, is that like I'll typically use like a I have a database of like dates that I you know constantly pull from when I'm doing. Um, you know, my daily like hockey history tweets on, uh, on, on X or whatever we're calling it these days. Sure. Um, so like, I have an idea of like what, what that, you know, milestone is it's, and it's usually is something as like brief as like, 
you know, on this day, Brian Spencer scored his first NHL point. So like, that's what I have to go with. And then I'll go and go on a newspaper, you know, archive to verify that that happened on that day, or I'll you know, try to find it in a book. And so like, I knew that there was a date where Brian Spencer scored, you know, his, his first pair of points and he, you know, he played before I was born. So it's somebody I never grew up watching. So not somebody I really thought of when I was doing the first two books or even this one, but so I read, read a newspaper article about like, you know, Spencer scoring those two points. And like, as I'm reading that story, I learned that, you know, it was an emotional game for him because his dad had passed away the day before. And so he was debating on whether or not he would play in that game, but it was his dad's dream for him, you know, to play in the NHL. So he thought that, you know, in his honor and his memory, I'm going to play. And he ended up getting his first two points that night. Um, but then I can, I continue to kind of go down that thread and I hadn't even looked up Brian Spencer on Wikipedia yet, because if I would have done it at that point, then I would have uncovered this like pretty quickly, but I pulled more stories and more, uh, write-ups and what ended up happening was, was Brian Spencer's dad, uh, and they were living out in Prince George BC at the time, I believe, uh, I think I'm getting that right. But anyway, Brian had made his NHL debut a couple nights earlier and he was apparently interviewed uh, on Hockey Night in Canada. But because there was only one TV station or one, yeah, one station in Prince George, they never played the broadcast of that game out there. So his dad, um, which I, you know, I think he had his, his own share of problems, went to the TV station with a gun and threatened the staff, you know, for not playing the playing the game in which Brian was featured as the interview. And then they obviously call the police, the RCMP show up. And then while he's attempting to flee, he gets into a firefight of sorts with the RCMP and he's killed um, in that. And so. I didn't know any of that. I, you know, so I ended up including that in the story just because it's a really, it is a really sad moment in, in Brian Spencer's career and life, you know, after that, you know, uh, he had a tough life, you know, yeah. he struggled with substance abuse. Uh, he was also killed, you know, after I think a, a robbery gone wrong when he was still a young man. So just like a, a troubled, a troubled life. But again, that's one of those stories where as much as it's obviously, uh, you know, tragic to talk about, uh, that that is an example of something where you kind of uncover this, and of course, if if you were to go Google him right now, you would find you know a, a big write up about him on Wikipedia. You'd find the book about him. But at the time, you know, you just kind of go into this with blinders on, looking at your grid of dates, and you're like, "Yep, yeah, I'll put that in there." I you know I don't have any stories about Brian Spencer. Maybe there's something worth pulling on here because there's not many options for that day. And then you uncover this, and you're like, "Wow, that's uh, that is a, it's it's a heavy story." But yeah. but I but anyway, that's that's one of those examples. I had no idea. You like to think, you know, I like to think of myself as a fairly informed Leafs fan, you know, know most of their history. That's, man, that's a wild, dark story. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, as you kind of move through, you know, uh, you, you, how do you sort out the idea of, um, you know, early October is maybe uh, a common one where you'd run into this. Somebody makes their NHL debut because that's when the season always starts or a big playoff goal in April mm-hmm. or May or something. There's got to be days where, there's two or three things happening and you kind of have to pick which one you're going to run with. What's your uh, criteria there? How do you pick what's, what's going to make the book? Yeah. Well, I, I think with those ones, I always try to pick like what I, what I believe to be most historically significant on those days. And again, even though I'm, I'm a historian and I, you know, my perspective is different from somebody else's perspective, you know, and, and they could be a hockey historian and they might think something is different because of, you know, the, their, their own unique life journey and how they view the, the, you know, the way that they study the sport and the way they study the Leafs. So like I admittedly, like my perspective and of what I think is significant is not going to match what everybody else does. But I always use, usually try to say that as like, a, you know, if this happened, like if, for example, like a cup win on that day, like 
you have to go with that sure. just because like that's obviously significant to the franchise. Um, you know, in October, like in season moments, there's always competing things that happen. And so I, I usually try to use my best judgment and try to pick something that I think is going to have broader appeal, especially if it's something like notable, like Matthews having his debut on October 12th. Um, like, so you have to include things like that. Uh, but there's definitely moments where like, you know, that you've, there's three or four that you could have used that day and you picked one. So like going back now, even just talking to people as part of this, like this book promotion process and you, you, you kind of revisit some of these stories in your mind and, and these conversations and you're like, Oh man, like I could have used another story about this player or, you know, I don't have that one in the book, but there's a reason why I don't it's, you know, because I opted to go to this one. So I try to, I try to be, I think, think more of like as much as I, there's a ton of moments that I'm going to think are like funny to me or they're quirky or interesting to me. Like they're not going to be funny or quirky to everybody. Right. There's right. at least a few people that'll probably share my perspective, but I tried to be as broad as I can. That being said, it is my book. So there's definitely a few moments that went out where like somebody would be like, why did you put that in there? <laughs> the one that I think of that comes to mind is uh, there's this game and hopefully I paint enough of a picture that everybody remembers this, but I think it was in, might've been Tavares's first year with the Leafs and they're playing in Arizona and this puck. No, maybe it wasn't that first. Year. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but they're the Leafs are in Arizona and this, the puck flies at the bench and everybody on the bench basically like jumps and ducks out of the way. And Tavares is just, in, he's in such game mode that he just <laughs> stares straight ahead and basically just like narrowly avoids getting like hit in the head with this puck. And so it was like a viral moment because like, he's just sitting there on the bench, like <laughs> dead, you know, stare pretty ahead. zoned out. Yeah. Dead's like staring straight ahead while everyone else is like shielding their faces. They're like ducking out of the way. Um, so like something like that, where like, obviously that's not, you know, historically significant to the franchise, but it is a funny moment. And hopefully, you know, the folks that read the book, like at least appreciate that or remember it. Um, but those are some examples where you got to have a little bit of fun with the project and pick some moments that, uh, you know, maybe they're not going to be the ones that you tell your kids in 25 years, but, uh, but they're fun to kind of go down nonetheless. Well, it's so funny because eh? we all have our own kind of memories of, and to me, like, I'm pretty sure it was December 22nd of, I would say, um, 2006. And like, that's our college house. We're all sitting there and the Stens are stomping the Leafs. And so my buddy's girlfriend who's living down in the basement, she puts on her Alfie jersey and she comes up and she's giving it to everybody. <laughs> and don't the Leafs come storming back and win that game, right? And now you're all screaming at her. And actually yeah. my buddy wasn't welcome back in the downstairs apartment for the rest of the weekend, if I recall, because he was one of us. And there's another one in February <laughs> of like 08 where there's a group of us. We've all been out too late the night before and nobody's really feeling like doing anything and the Leafs are down 5-1 to I believe Steve Valaket and the New York Rangers and come storming back and win that one and now all of a sudden everybody's up and the beers are flowing again yeah let's go out let's do something right and yeah. like there's just these weird Leafs moments that are in the background of your life and so you know obviously the Leafs are a very old franchise not uh, I'm not going to remember everything that happened in 1956 or or whatever but there are these moments where you kind of turn through and it's it's kind of cool when one of them lands in your lap and you're kind of reading this page mm -hmm. and you're like I remember that right I was sitting at my grandparents place or this and I like it's it's a fun read man to go through and 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 just kind of have these things jolted back into your memory and, and see what else it triggers, right? Because the Leafs, for so many of us, are kind of this background of every weekend of your life, right? Like, you're out doing whatever you're doing on on a Saturday afternoon at the cottage on the ice, or you've been taking the kids around to hockey or whatever you're doing, and then mm -hmm. you all end up back at the house watching. And, like, it kind of triggers these moments in time for you as you're reading it, or at least it does for me, man. That's why I enjoy these so much. Yeah, well, thanks. I mean, I think that's kind of what I 
hope with with these books, uh, but especially obviously this one for Leaf fans is that uh, it it does like it is tied. They are part of your life, like obviously for better or for worse uh, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's kind of those things where like even these stories, you know, you're not going to know all of them. You're not going to be able to contextualize yourself and some of them because if they occurred, you know, 50 years before you were born, you're obviously no. not going to have like something that you can anchor, you know, the 1942 cup went to. But I think that's kind of where I, I, and there's some of these stories where like I've injected myself into them the way that you have when you're talking about some of those, those experiences that, that you, you had, but like, so for me, it's like, you know, the awesome Matthews debut. I think you and I have talked about this on the show previously, but like for me, that was a special one because obviously like modern rookie record, four goals in a game immediately living up to his billing. Uh, but for me, like new dad, my daughter was born, you know, less than two weeks earlier. That was the first game that her and I had watched together. She slept through the whole thing, but she was still in my arms watching this like historic, historically significant moment happen to the franchise, you know? And I think for a lot of people, it's become that, where were you when that happened moment, just because of how important he's been, you know, to the franchise over the last seven years, I think Sens fans will obviously tell you very quickly that, you know, who won that game in overtime, but that doesn't matter. It's still, you know, for for (laughs) wherever you are, if you're a, a new parent or, you know, you were just like, you know, watching Austin Matthews for the first time in, an, uh, in a meaningful NHL game, then like that was important to you. And then, I mean, I've had these other moments where I think people can relate where, you know, uh, the the collapse of the Bruins in 2013, like yeah. while the game is is going on, yeah. you know, they're up 4-1 and I'm emailing my uncle saying like, I can't believe they're going to make it to the second round. Like, this is so exciting. And there's this part of me that says like, I don't think I should send this email just yet. So I <laughs> save it as a draft put my phone back in my pocket and then like, we know what happens next. Right. And then I ended up deleting that email. So my uncle never got it because (laughs) why send it? But I I feel like a lot of Leaf fans kind of like your friend putting on, you know, her, uh, her Alfie Jersey, you know, like the game's not over till it's over. And so uh, I think a lot of people at that time were probably making phone calls, sending text messages, talking about how pumped they are. I had just spent like a year or two with my friend, Ashley. She's, awesome but she didn't know anything about hockey and and we just started going out to this one bar on Tuesday nights when the Leafs would play and they had cheap wing night or whatever it was and I started teaching her hockey and she got like really excited about it and so that was before I moved up mm-hmm. to Ottawa she texts me when the Leafs make it 4-1 the na 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 hey hey goodbye I slammed yeah. my phone closed going nope not time like one more lesson we still have to teach Ashley like yeah. she, you don't do this <laughs> and sure enough they come all the way back obviously and lose uh, or but the Leafs end up losing and it took me weeks before I'd speak to Ashley again. Like, I can't believe you jinxed them. <laughs> I hold her permanently responsible for that loss. But we're sitting in, uh, for a while, um, Ottawa had uh, a real sports, like the one down in Toronto. They owned one here in Ottawa yeah. as well. So I was there with my mom and my sister. My mom had come up for Mother's Day two days earlier. Um, we watched game six. And then if you remember, it was a back-to-back. So she decided, well, I'm going to stay. Like, let's go out again and watch it. So we're sitting in this bar and there are Sens fans everywhere as like the Leafs are collapsing. And in the intermission before overtime, I insisted that we pay and leave because I already know how this is going to go. Yeah. You don't get to blow a 4-1 lead yeah. in game seven and win. Like you, This is over already, yeah. and we don't need to be here when this place has a good laugh at our expense. Now, I'm sure they had a good enough oh, yeah. laugh as we were walking out during the intermission with our tail between our legs, but I did not want to be in that building with my mom while... Uh, while the inevitable happened, and sure enough, it it happened. But uh, such are the scars that we wear, yeah. Mike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I hear because like the so the story about like me emailing my uncle, like that's kind of the lens I took with that story in the book, just because obviously I had to include 
the collapse yeah, um, yeah. just because we don't talk about it enough. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but the, the, the story that I had on the cutting room floor that I didn't end up including was that like, I had watched that game with three buddies, two of whom were like seriously fans like me. Mm-hmm. And then another friend of ours who claims that he doesn't have a hockey team that he roots for. So it's basically just like everybody except for the Leafs. Right. So he'll cheer against the Leafs. <laughs> and like, so the three of us were like emotionally invested in this game and when they they lost in overtime, like the taunting that he gave, like the three of us in the basement, I think we both all, the three of us looked at each other and we like, I think if we kill him and like <laughs> just like never speak about this again, like I think it's fair. Like any judge is going to call like, this justifiable homicide. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, exactly. So like I I'd never been so like seething mad before in my life just because like I was obviously upset about the game and then him being there just like. Yeah. chirping us was just like this is the last person i want to see right now so like i since then though i don't think i've actually watched any like elimination games with any of my friends um i honestly watched them alone just I because i think we're when scarred the, mike when the like yeah like when like i honestly it's like i'll go out and watch game one two three yep, yep. you know and depending on how the series is four and five but like if they're on the verge of elimination and I think the worst could happen, like the last place I want to be with my emotions is like at a, in a public bar or like at somebody's house that I then have to leave from, or like I've taken a ride with this person, like they're my way home. So it's like, it's just easier just to like go through the motions by yourself and you can like be upset or you can just sit there straight ahead, catatonic and not say anything (laughs) to anybody. Um, So yeah, like that's honestly how I've spent the last, I would say four series is just, Nope, nope. I'm I'm just gonna stay at home. So walking home from that real sport, not walking home, walking to the bus from that real sports. We went back to my sister's condo first, watched overtime, and then I walked back to the bus to head home. And it was like a movie scene. It's kind of half damp. The, <laughs> the, the 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 streets are wet, and I'm walking by myself in my sad little Leaf jersey down through downtown Ottawa. And this car goes screaming by, and someone sticks their head at the window. And goes, Fuck Toronto! And you're like, oh, like it's just <laughs> such a yeah. brutal, sad moment. I don't think I turned on Sportsnet or TSN for like a week or two after the game. Like, I don't want to see the highlights. I don't want to see the debate. I remember, you know, that August one when they were in the bubble. They came back in Game Four from three nothing down. I didn't even cheer for yeah. any of those goals. Not even the tying one. I'm sitting there by myself, going, ah, just get it over with, right? I, we don't. Yeah. So it's these are we're a damaged people, Mike. I'd be remiss bef- uh, before I let you go if I didn't ask you what you think of this year's team so far. They are uh, over in Sweden. Uh, this is going to drop Friday morning, so the good listener will be hearing us just before uh, most people hear us just before uh, Toronto takes the ice over there. But it's been I don't know, kind of a sloppy start. I don't know what you you make of this group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because like with the book, you know, coming out uh, uh, like just right around the time the season started, like you know, I've had I've been fortunate enough to kind folks like yourself let me come on the show and talk about the book but like it we obviously talk about the leaps as well and like it's funny how like my perspective on the team has like changed like if you were to go and look at all those interviews and just see like you know where i'm at like two games in right because i think early into this like you could start to see that like you know there's some problems on defense you know samsonov doesn't seem great Mm -hmm. you know the ryan reeves experiment isn't looking good and at that point i'm like well you know it's couple games in a lot of roster turnover like Samsonov's gonna find his game you know Reeves I appreciate as a as a player and what he's done previously and what he does off the ice so I'm willing to give him like you know some some time and I'm willing to see where like Domi's gonna fit and I'm willing to see like where Bertuzzi's gonna fit but then like fast forward to now and you and I talking like in you know mid-November 
um, you know, you're, you're, I start to see that, like, me, I think the right, the Reeves experiment is over, which I think yeah. we saw with the last game that, like, him not playing, you know, it's, it's just so funny that he doesn't play that night. They still get two fighting majors and they stick up for each other and they went in the fourth line, you know, fourth gets on the score sheet. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, suddenly it's like, okay, well, this is great. So I think, like, that's something where, like, I've, I've changed my perspective on, like, what his, you know, utility is to the team besides, you know, what he could bring potentially, like, off the ice in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're starting to see, like, Samson now starting to play a little bit better as well. So I think for me, it's, it's like preaching that patience as much as, like, I think Leaf fans just, we want the team, you know, to take that next step. And as much as we all know that, like, the regular season is, is a long 82 ca- game campaign, um, it's hard not to just, like, you know, want everything to happen immediately. Right. And I think we have seen that over the last few weeks, just like preaching that patience that you are starting to see where these players fit and you're starting to see where some of them don't fit. And maybe that's where some of these moves, you know, can happen to take players out of the lineup. And, you know, obviously there's some injuries and like that'll kind of help shore up, you know, some of the problems we're seeing on, on defense right now. But, you know, I think things are improving. I mean, I think for me, it's just like, honestly, as much as like, I've always appreciated, you know, William Nylander, what he brings to the game on it. Like he's been the best storyline for me so far, you know, this season is just seeing what he's doing. Like he's just in beast mode, you know, each and every single night, just making, you know, you know, dads that are much older than me, his heads explode. They've been calling for him to be (laughs) traded over the last, you know, his entire tenure in Toronto. Like, what do they do with this, with this character now, who's now also, you know, playing on the penalty kill and and scoring shorthanded goals. So like he is, he's just having a a great start to the season. I'm it's great that they're in Sweden. I'm, you know, I'm assuming that he's just gonna have another big game given where they are. Um, But that's kind of where I'm at, you know, with the team now is just like, I went into it really like, as much as you wanted them to win, you know, more than one round, I think going back into the season, I think I felt a little bit more rosy about the team than I had in the past. Plus I think having a book about them certainly helps you, your perspective on the team. Um, You can't be like a grumpy leaf fan promoting your book, but, uh, (laughs) but I think I had like some cautious optimism with a lot of these moves. Uh, I have changed my tune on some of them, but I think still to your point, I think it is kind of sloppy. You're kind of all over the place. It's a roller coaster ride, but I mean, that is what it is to kind of be a Leafs fan. So I guess I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> it's funny, right? My, uh, that, uh, Willie's probably the biggest story of the year so far. And I have a, a great aunt. She's 87 years old and she still watches every game and she loves Willie. She calls him her sweetie pie. And uh, I guess just for the same reasons that uh, probably everybody's uncle calls him <laughs> Sweetie Pie yeah. or, or whatever. But she she knows how to email now. And so it used to be when he'd have a big night or or whatever, she'd send me a little email after the game and I'd see it the next morning or whatever. She'd be, oh, I was so happy to see my Sweetie Pie have a good night. And now it seems like she's emailing <laughs> me every night. He's he's dominating every game this year. So it's been uh, it's been fun yeah. for me in that regard. <laughs> but uh, um, oh, t- yeah. tell us a little bit about, uh, where people can pick up the book. I know you got a little bit of a fundraiser going on as well right now. If you want to plug that here, uh, let, let us know, uh, where we can find you. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, if now actually the book's out in Canada and the United in the U S as well. So depending on what you're listening from, you can pretty much get it anywhere. But, uh, I mean the two, like you can pretty much get it from wherever you like to buy books. Uh, but obviously, you know, Amazon, Indigo, they have them in store at Indigo. Amazon is obviously readily available. But if you have a favorite independent bookseller wherever you live, they could order it in for you. So if they don't have it in their store and you want a copy for yourself or somebody, you just go in and talk to the bookseller and they'll they'll bring it in from the publisher. Um, so that's another great way to get it. But we are I am doing a campaign right now with NeoKids, uh, which is a a group dedicated to, you know, helping it, you know, with uh 
patient care for children in northeastern Ontario. Um, because obviously living in northern Ontario, you know, we're we're farther removed from a lot of the specialized care that's available in, in the GTA. And so Sudbury has become that hub of the north, but but certainly it's still puts a burden on families and, and the and the patients, the kids themselves, when they have to travel, you know, even from Timmins or somewhere else to come to Sudbury, or if they have to bypass Sudbury entirely, like that's a big journey to make. Mm-hmm. So we've been trying to really kind of be be that specialized uh, children's care hub here in the Northeast. And so what I'm doing is if you buy a book directly from me between now and the holidays, I'll donate uh, 365 back to Neo Kids for every book sold. Uh, and I think the nice kicker with that is that for if you do enter that uh, that campaign, that fundraiser with me, you'll also be entered into a draw to win Leafs tickets and a Tyler Bertuzzi jersey. So you'll be helping a local author, a local charity, and a local Leafs guy. Uh, if you're if you're from Sudbury, of course. So that doesn't apply if you're if you're if you're not from Sudbury. But uh, but yeah, I that 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 fundraiser. Happy to participate. I think the thing that I'll I'll say to people is that obviously as as I'm not an Amazon, my shipping rates are not as. Uh, as I think is uh, as competitive as they could be, but I'm happy to, to if you're willing to to pay for an additional shipping charge, I'll I'll ship the books wherever. I'll get you entered into the draw. Um, but again, if you're if you're just looking to get a copy of the book, you can pretty much get it anywhere. But if you're looking to maybe help out a local uh, children's charity, um, look find me on on Twitter X, uh, Facebook, wherever you wherever you use social media, and we can kind of touch base and see how you can get involved. We'll uh, make sure that uh, the links to Mike's social media feeds are tagged in the show notes at uh, talkinaudio.com or wherever you're hearing us wait na- uh, right now, as well as the uh, the Amazon links so people can uh, check it out wherever they'd like to do so. Uh, Mike, it's always good to catch up with you, man. I appreciate you making some time for me. My pleasure, Matt. Anytime uh, I can come on the show, it's always, uh, it's always a treat for me. All right. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, well, I was going to say, parts of it were a lot of fun. A couple of down moments there as we relived some... Some pretty traumatic Maple Leaf experiences and uh, and things like that. But Mike's a great guy. I always enjoy talking to him. And uh, like I said, we'll put all the links to the book in uh, in the podcast show notes at talkandaudio.com or wherever you're hearing us right now. So you can pick that up for yourself as well as his social media feeds. If you want to get in on what he's doing there in terms of buying it directly from him and uh, being entered in for a chance to win some Leaf tickets and, and a Tyler Bertuzzi jersey. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we'll link to all of that, like I said. Uh, that's it for another week of Tall Can Audio. Hope you've enjoyed it. I appreciate you sticking around and, and joining us every day. This has been a lot of fun as we continue to churn these out and the show continues to, uh, I don't know, become more and more frequent. We're enjoying that and, uh, and we're enjoying seeing more and more of you guys jump on board with us. Like I said, it'll be Michaela Schreider and Vanessa Sanchez alongside on Monday. That's going to be a lot of fun too. So that's where we'll end this one. Hope you all have a fantastic weekend. My name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you Monday. That's it. Not work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal. Call the weekend guy. I don't care.